and welcome to Adipec Energy Dialogues, our series of conversations with industry thought leaders. I'm Gaurav Sharma. Welcome to the broadcast. And today we are delighted to have Hugo Dykraff, who's the Chief Technology Officer of Shoulder Air, joining us for this broadcast. Hugo, welcome to the broadcast. Salam alaikum. Uh, thank you for the invite, Gaurav. Happy to be here today. Well, it's, we're delighted to have you because it's such a pivotal time for the industry. In the age of COVID, we see oil and gas companies, large and small, and the entire energy spectrum having to adjust its way of doing business. Companies such as yourself, you as I notice on the speaking circuit, have made agility a key plank of their operations. So I think that is a good starting point. So from, from that perspective, you've placed a significant emphasis on digitization over the years. So how is that journey panning out? I mean, uh, first of all, uh, it's disappointing not to be able to travel to, to Abu Dhabi for IDPEC uh, in person, but I'm very happy to talk. Um, a bit on the background, so, so Wintershall Dea, of course, was formed last year through the merger with Wintershall and Dea, and we are now the leading independent European gas and oil company. And, and I think when you think about robustness and resilience, uh, I believe that's not only financially, but also technology driven. Uh, and, and this crazy unexpected year has really proven the value of that resilience. Um, and I can give you three examples from my perspective as a CTO and a member of the executive board. I mean, first of all, even pre-pandemic, we were already doing a lot on remote operations. Uh, as an example, on our, on our operations in the Southern North Sea, where we have more than 20 platforms that we operate. We've been running most of our platforms from, from remote, remote control centers for quite a while. Secondly, we invested a lot in IT infrastructure post the merger. Um, and we actually stress tested our entire organization before the pandemic started to work from home as a contingency plan. And we passed that test and we were really well prepared for the very unfortunate real life test, if you like, in March. And thirdly, um, we have many projects where a strong technological approach makes us more resilient financially. Whether that's in Norway or in our middle plateau field in Germany, we are pushing technological limits with our drilling expertise, for example. Extreme extended reach drilling abilities, uh, horizontal drilling, geosteering, and this is enable, enabling us to maintain production or even um, uh, efficiently increase uh, production from new resources. And I guess finally, as as the rest of the world, we, we never saw this pandemic coming, actually. But I think it has demonstrated that we are resilient and that, and that technology has played a massive role into that equation. One of the key things here is if, if somebody is looking in at your asset portfolio from an outside-in perspective, Hugo, you've got mature hydrocarbon plays. You also have some nascent hydrocarbon plays where, where you're in ENP activity. Now, with such a diverse portfolio, how does the whole digital theme, the technological theme, the digital theme, and the process optimization all gel together for such a diverse portfolio? Well, Wintershaldea, that's absolutely true, has a very robust and geographically mixed portfolio spread across Europe, uh, Russia, uh, Latin America, of course, uh, the Middle East and North Africa. Um, uh, in the North Africa, and uh, uh, particularly in the Middle East, we are very proud to have been there for a long time. And, and for instance, we've now been 10 years in, in Abu Dhabi, actually, uh, this year. 
Um, uh, and if you think about a mixed portfolio, we also need to think about our exploration, our global exploration activities, where we've, where we've seen a fantastic year this year with nine out of 10 wells uh, being successful. Um, we continually look at our portfolio to, to assess our competitiveness, and, and that includes applying data analytics to look at what can we optimize. We're very proud of our portfolio. Um, as I mentioned, geographically mixed, going from the Arctic Circle in the north down to the world's southernmost gas field. Um, we are significantly gas weighted as a company. I think it's about 75% of our portfolio is gas. And we believe this is very good in terms of the energy transition. Um, we have a very low cost portfolio at less than four euros a BOE, a barrel oil equivalent. And importantly, crucially importantly, we are implementing um, digital technologies that are scalable throughout our portfolio. One example, energy management. So we try to collect data from different sensors of, of devices using energy. And we think that we can reduce our CO2 emissions in certain installations just by that by more than 10%. You could ask yourself the question, how does that differ from the major oil companies, the major, the big oils as they were used to be called. And I think we are doing things differently. Um, first of all, we are a gas and oil company. And we think more in terms of smart gas than big oil. Secondly, um, I think, I truly believe we have the best of both world, both worlds. We are big enough to tackle larger opportunities and solve complex tasks. But we're still small enough to be fast and flexible. And maybe finally on digital, super majors are typically involved in virtually every aspect of digitalization, whereas we focus on the most relevant topics and try to implement them fast and swiftly. If I may ask uh, a question as a, as a sub-tangent to that, you mentioned how your approach both to digitization and to your operation uh, differs vastly from what a super major would do. But as a European uh, ENP independent, a sizable European ENP independent, how do you broach the subject of data analytics? And this is, this is, this is out, purely out of curiosity that a lot of listeners would want to uh, hear your answer to this. How do you deploy advanced data analytics? And in your considered opinion, how would that differ from, say, a global super major? Because your analytics would be very specific, very targeted, I imagine. Yeah, I think the key here lies um, in uh, our focus on one single asset first, to make that one asset work, and then scale it up. Um, and I think that is the, that, that's a lesson learned where initially, I think the industries, we also worked on many different assets and tried to make it work. But now we really say we focus on one, we get the basis right, and then we scale it up. Maybe that's a concrete short example. I think well, I've often heard you on the speaking circuit, uh, along with the CEO Mario Merrin, you're talking about agile investments, targeted investments to, and, and, and by the way, that, that predates the, the current COVID-19 world that the energy industry now finds itself in. So when we're talking about agile investments, how, what kind of thinking, sort of what kind of digital thinking underpins these investments, uh, especially in the context of offshore? I think, I think a good way to describe what we're trying to do with digitalization is what we call smart and competitive. Uh, we're very focused on what we can deliver 
um, and how we can deliver measurable and sustainable impact for operational and financial uh, performance. And what we're doing is we're executing what we call best bets, digital solutions that we can think they tick those boxes. Examples, virtual flow meters to get continuous insight in how wells are behaving, or an artificial intelligence tool that we're deploying now um, to, to try to extend the, the life cycle uh, of our electrical submersible pumps and some of our oil fields. Um, so what we're doing, as I said earlier, we're implementing these best bet solutions first at a one asset level, and with then the intention to scale it up um, across uh, the whole company. Um, and I think, and I believe that we can have a significant return on our digitalization investment. To add what you said further, you mentioned agile, which points to a wider theme, a very important topic here, because digitalization is not just about individual use cases and projects. It's about how you work. And, and I think when you think about working differently, more with an agile product management mindset and not just the old fashioned project mind, uh, management mindset. And secondly, it's about um, taking people along with you on the journey. Uh, it's also about designing new processes. Um, and that means you need to get people on board and take them with you. Um, and uh, so that, Maybe in conclusion, it's a sh it's about it's also very much about shifting behavior. I think one of the things, and and I I, I need to ask you this, not just as uh, as a company executive that that you are, but rather more as as an as an industry uh, expert. You go, we see AI, we see advanced analytics, with, which we've just spoken about. We see robotics, we see drones in operation. The the energy sector was embarking on some very profound changes. Then of course COVID happens then operators such as yourselves are put in the position where you have to organize things for remote working and things that added another dimension or another complexity to your technological platforms and what you were thinking about how to manage stuff put all of that together and the profound changes you were seeing and what covid has caused are we hugo at this point in time sitting at a uh, some at a place where we're on the cusp of some profound irreversible changes, perhaps, on the technological front, that is. I like the question. I think Winterfell Day, but the whole industry is embracing digital transformation. And um, how quickly these changes happen on an industry-wide basis, I think is an open question still. Um, the pandemic has had an impact uh, in the sense that back in 2019, in a different world almost, we understood how important digital is. And I think now we really know how important it is. We see it every day. Um, technology has helped keep operations going. Um, and I think we weather the storm much better than we would have done just five or 10 years ago. I think there's a major, major difference in the way how we, um, how we manage the, um, the, the pandemic. I also expect further changes to technology and working practices. I, 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 I see that in areas like um, more efficient operations to come, safer environment for our people, and certainly also more engaging, higher value work for, for our people. And we and others are embracing this. Um, Abnok is a, is a great example of a company that is getting ahead of the trend on digitalization 
for example, in our joint uh, Russia concession. Um, but the impact of the pandemic is mixed. It, it also has a huge financial impact. And um, I believe that digitalization will pay off in the long run. But I also believe that the pandemic and the oil uh, price situation will deter, will deter sorry, certain investments. Um, and I believe that those EMP companies that continue on a clear path towards digital transformation are the ones that will prevail. Another one of the, the themes that, that seems to be, uh, be emerging is how the industry is coming together uh, at this point in time. And of course, it's possibly been two or three years in the making that you use technology and the means at your disposal in your march towards a low carbon economy. Now, you yourself as a company have, have recently at, at one of your sites in Germany, if I'm correct, the, the Mittelplatt drilling and production island, have decided that you will use, uh, the electricity you will use will be 100% certified from renewable sources. That's, that's the information we have. So this, this is quite, quite exciting uh, to, to hear it on the news wires and the radars. And when it came on our radar, I think that the first thing that, that we would like to know is how long was the project in making? Because you can't just stab your fingers and decide our site is going to use 100% energy from renewable sources. So how long was the project in the making? What bought it about? And, and where are we at right now? The starting point is that we as a company, as Wintershall Dea, are committed to producing oil and gas in the most efficient and responsible way. And, and Mittelplatte, as you said, is a great example of it. Mittelplatte is an artificial island, and it sits in a marine national park off the German coast. It's about as regulated and protected of an environment you could operate in. And, and we've been producing oil there incident-free for over 30 years. It's a very low impact, uh, impact site, with low noise, low light emissions, minimal shipping, in order to protect the fauna there. And now we are powering the island, as you said, and our operations from renewable energy via an under cable, uh, undersea cable, uh, replacing the, the gas turbine uh, uh, system that we were using previously. And that cuts out about 36,000 tons of CO2 emissions per year. What else you can expect in, in this area? From next year onwards, all our production sites in Germany are going to be switched to certified renewable energy. And for instance, in, in a country like Norway, uh, we are investing in floating offshore wind. Uh, several of our platforms have power from shore already. And, 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 and in a way, if you go from ESG to a wider look at sustainability, we established this year an organization to drive forward our hydrogen and CCS projects. Um, and, and if I just stay for one second with, with Mittelplatte, um, we also just announced the feasibility to, um, to, uh, to look at installing hybrid engines powered by hydrogen for the Mittelplatte supply, uh, supply vessels. Uh, and this is probably a world premiere for a privately operated the, the ship fleet. Um, so I think it's, I think this is a conscious approach uh, that we are uh, having towards producing in the most efficient and uh, responsible way. And, and Mittelplatte is a fantastic example, really, of, 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 what, uh, of what, what we stand for in this respect. I think, as a, briefly, if I may, as a sub-question to this, you mentioned your efforts in this context. Just very briefly, if we look at the next, say, five 
to 10 years. I, I suspect that we can safely assume from, from Wintershaw's perspective is that over the next five years, you'll continue to place incremental emphasis on ESG? I think there's um, no doubt that ESG is becoming ever more important. And uh, we will play a very constructive and important role into that. And we're very determined uh, to make this work. If you, if you look at European political circles, a number of, uh, a number of uh, politicians often, and policymakers, if I may say so, uh, flag your credentials as, as a company that is, that is taking lowering the carbon footprint quite seriously, as do a lot of your peers uh, in Europe. There is, there is sort of a Europe-North America divide on that one. But also tied into that thinking, we see the proliferation of, of electric vehicles. And, and obviously electric vehicles need to be powered. So there'll be more and more demand for electrification for power. Now, it's often yourselves and your colleagues, we often hear you that, that you place a lot of emphasis on natural gas being a bridging fuel to a low carbon economy. Now, going forward, again, nobody has a crystal ball, but we're looking to find next five, 10, 15 years. I'm, I'm, I'm minded to ask you in terms of your own forward planning, your, your asset portfolio, your own forward planning, and the market that you see, how do you, where do you see natural gas in that mix? Well, we, we believe, strongly believe, that gas is absolutely needed to achieve climate goals. Uh, gas is already the cleanest conventional energy source, and, and, and more importantly, it offers immediate potential for carbon reduction. Coal to gas switching in Germany uh, can reduce CO2 emissions by 20% overnight. And Germany is the largest economy and the largest emitting country in Europe. But, but gas is more than just a, a bridging technology. I think it can become even more climate friendly when we use it to produce hydrogen. So, so in terms of, of what our future looks like, our, our CEO, Mario Mirren, has said that he sees a future, a bright future for us, in 2050 as a leader in CCS and hydrogen activities. And right now we are involved already in, in several projects. We are involved in several CCS projects in Europe. Um, we are involved with several research institutes like Karlsruhe Institute of Technology using so-called methane pyrolysis to produce clean hydrogen without any CO2. Uh, and these are just a few examples. So this is an area where we are building our presence in and we see as a very important part of our future. And for you as a technologist, you see across the value chain, you see your company involved in hydrogen, in, in CCS, and of course, pure oil and gas play, especially natural gas plays. And, and now we're talking about, the, you know, how the energy mix is evolving. So for you as a technologist, how exciting a time it is to be involved in all of this. I, I believe that, that, that the energy transition is one of the biggest opportunities and challenges that we have at the same time as an industry. Um, and um, I, I, I get super excited about that. And I think there's a lot of opportunities out there. Um, and in so, to some degree, this is also somewhat of a pioneering landscape still. So it's super exciting to get into this, um, these new business models. Um, using the collective capabilities and skills that we have as a company in delivering projects in understanding subsurface in understanding the products but and and, and using them to prevail also in uh, 
in aspects like, like CCS, carbon management, hydrogen activities. It's an exciting time. And I think, you know, it's, it's been a fascinating conversation, Hugo, but I, I can't let you go without asking the age-old question. I think you, you flagged it right at the start of the conversation, the merger of Finshall and, and AIA in, in May 2019. Uh, we've progressed quite a lot. We've come a long way since then. Everybody talks about the uh, asset portfolio, how the two companies uh, came together. But for you as CTO, who is behind the scene, you know, sort of merging two entities in, into, the, into the digital estate, how challenging was that and, and how has that journey progressed as, uh, so further on from May 2019? Well, Winters Aldea is 18 months old now. Um, our legacy companies are together almost 250 years old together, but we as Winters Aldea are 18 months old. And we're very proud to stand as, as Europe's leading independent gas in our company. Of course, this year, a first big birthday party wasn't really an option. Um, but we're quietly very proud of what we have achieved so far. Uh, yes, there was, of course, a lot of hard work, and, and that's ongoing. Um, look, we expect to be uh, complete with our core integration by, by towards the end of this year. There will, of course, be ongoing value capture as we continue to, 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 to aim to, to achieve cash synergies. Um, we're actively shaping the company culture uh, and everybody in our company is invited to embrace or maybe already lives new ways of working. And in this respect, the crisis also really helped us in that perspective by, by bringing new tools, by use, using new tools um, for instance, when we talk about implementation of, of innovation, normally agile innovation processes. The activity specifically on digitalization of both our legacy companies fit very well together. Um, we've combined them into a, an SVP senior vice president unit called Digital Transformation, which is responsible for establishment of use cases. And and, and maybe very important and often underestimated, also how to make all of our data available in the right format and to the right quality. Um, the journey in the next years, I think, is very clear for me. We will further build our position as Europe's leading independent gas and oil company against a backdrop of a, probably a volatile market. We will implement our digital transformation over the next five years into our businesses. Because only then will it be possible to create and our employees will see the value of digitalization and develop a firm ownership for it. So for me, that means a few things. Firstly, on exploration, one of my core responsibilities and critical for our collective future. We had a great year in 2020 with eight finds uh, plus some positive appraisal activities, including a play opening find in Mexico very significant find in Norway, et cetera. Secondly, uh, maintaining us, our position as a reliable operator with the highest technical competencies, experts in the most demanding fields, and as an investor in innovation and digitalization, like for instance, the Mittelplatte field in Germany. And thirdly, and finally, to deliver in the energy transition, be part of the solution, contribute through our core competencies, meaning introduction of technologies and projects for blue or turquoise hydrogen and CCS. 
Well, it's been a fascinating conversation, I said, and, and we really, really appreciate your time. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that was Hugo Dykraff. He's the Chief Technology Officer of Wintershold. Thank you so much for listening. For more details and for more Adipec Energy Dialogues, go to adipec.com.